very glad you've come back. How was your day? Was it warm? Or if it was cold, was it still bright out? And beautiful? My day was restful. It is very cold here. I get tired of how cold it is. How cold I am all the time. It's also quite cold when you are all alone. You expend less energy because you have no one to talk with, laugh with, hold tight, or share an embrace with. It's also quite cold when you live in a boring, hideous cellar. I have, however, been imagining things. I think. You see, I was home, if I can call this place home. And I was listening to a podcast, in fact. Trying to relax, trying to forget the cold and the loneliness and the hunger. Listening to charming, vivacious, and silly voices telling me absurd things. I was examining my face. I've told you how remarkable and unusual I look, haven't I? It can't be oppressed upon enough, I don't think. I'm sorry, I was imagining my face in the screen of my laptop with my web camera. I don't have a mirror. Just to admire it. Consider and contemplate it. Then I could have sworn. I think. Well, at any rate, I do believe I saw someone behind me in the doorframe. Candlelight is deceiving. Webcams are fickle. Imaginations are wild. But... What if it was him? What if he's come back for me? What if he's still angry after all this time? <sighs> I shudder to think of it. Or I'm thrilled at the prospect of it. Either way, it would be exciting. I haven't seen anyone since. Very likely a trick of the mind. Even a great, magnificent mind like mine can be tricked. By itself, I suppose. I think that being alone in this white-tiled basement is getting to me. If only I had somewhere to go. If only I knew that what would be waiting for me once I left would be welcoming. Would you welcome me with open arms? Perhaps not yet. Hmm. Perhaps I need to make myself more presentable. But that will take some doing, some n nourishment, a change of clothes. Are ladies out there still wearing what I've got down in storage here? I'm a little too embarrassed to describe it. A real lady never tells her age, or so I've been told, but it's, it's better to leave you guessing. I imagine, I hope, that the ladies of today are wearing something a little less stiff. In the times of ancient Egypt, ancient Greece, ancient Rome, I give you that the women had much fewer rights and freedoms, but people could wear wonderful, soft, flowing garments that seemed to say, welcome as you are, you're fine, just cover up and be. But then things grew steadily more hard, more restrictive, 
My Lord, bone was introduced into clothing. Bone, steel, wire, these have no place keeping me in place. But I acquiesce to the world as we must. But I like to imagine now that, with what I gather from your voices speaking to me from across the internet, that clothing is much more free. Or at least that it can be. I think you are becoming less and less concerned about clothing in general. Thank the stars. Let's keep that up, shall we? At any rate, if I venture outside soon, I should like to find some clothes that are comfortable and loose. Maybe just something that should hide the striking blue of my veins, my unusually elegant proportions. I'm not ashamed. Far from it. I'm very proud of my strangeness. But I suppose I'm not ready to discuss these things yet. I used to be able to hide them quite well when I walked among you. But I think I need to get to know the world again first. Maybe. You are much more accepting now. I think I may be able to resurface sooner than I thought. I dearly hope so, anyhow. I also like to imagine that the night time is more alive and bright now that the world is more brave and free. I am searching for a night that is alive and bustling, bright as day, or as bright as possible. But I also love to imagine the timeless forests and jungles, pitch black at night, untouched by you and I but for the spirits that may once have roamed through them, and perhaps still do roam with the beasts who don't fear the night. He used to do that. Roam the forests with the spirits and the beasts. He wasn't afraid of anything. Now I'm imagining him again. <laughs> Enough of that. To the forest. There was a girl, an imaginative young woman, really, whose story I collected many, many years ago. I still have a sketch of her on my wall that her lover drew, among my other collectibles. I think we were friends because I, being the magnificent, strange thing that I am, was the only one she felt would believe her tale without calling her a witch a bride of the devil, or any other such nonsense as the ancient human mind could concoct in hate and fear. She was in a forest herself. Of course, she wasn't supposed to be there, but her small village did not have very much room or patience for a young woman's imagination, and she felt that was the only place she could be where she wouldn't be badgered by hungry, impatient, busy folk who wouldn't let a single twenty-something merely exist. She couldn't work. She didn't have a family or husband to work for, nor the money or passion to open up a shop or bakery or tavern or whatever else the townspeople did to pass the time. She didn't have friends. Every other young woman was busy with said husband or family or apprenticeship they fulfilled at their father or mother's shop or bakery or tavern or whatever else. She was bored. She was not interested in the people in her town. It is a typical trope, but I suppose there is a very good reason that this typical trope exists. Anyhow, 
She walked quietly one evening as the families cleaned up their dinners and began their nighttime preparations through the emptying streets and towards the forest she was always warned against. She had thinking to do. Useless thinking. What will I do? What should I do? What do I want? I say useless because there was only one thing she felt was reasonable to do. Logically, I must marry, I must have children, I must clean clothes and cook dinner and clean up dinner. But she could not bring herself to imagine that life. So she kept asking, what will I do? What should I do? What do I want? And her fretful cycle continued as she marched through the forest. The sun was slowly setting, and the woods were a comforting amber autumn, it was, and the colors of the trees and the leaves on the trees and the leaves on the ground were that of a warm fire. So despite the chill in the air, she found herself warm. Her walk was easy. So easy, in fact, that she fell into a sort of meditation as she slowly walked, the sound of the crunching leaves beneath her feet as hypnotic as a ticking metronome. What will I do? What should I do? What do I want? What will I do? What should I do? What do I want? Her mind repeated her mantra, her eyes focused ahead as the trees that passed her grew more and more threadbare and skeletal, devoid of leaves and therefore devoid of warmth. The sun was down, but the moon was remarkably bright and she could still see shadows. Shadows of trees, her shadow, the occasional scurrying rabbit. Though the light was dim and the forest was peaceful, she was perhaps stupidly overconfident that she could find her way home. Then she was aware of another set of crunching feet. She stopped. And yet... Then they stopped. She slowly turned her head to her left. Nothing. Then to the right. Nothing. Then she slowly turned to look behind her. A shadowed figure stood about fifteen paces from her. She could not make out any features other than that it was taller and broader than her. She shivered for the first time since the sunset. Who is that there? She called out. It did not move. It did not respond in any way. She kept walking faster, thinking that perhaps it was a fellow traveler who also wanted to be left alone, hoping that it was. She turned around again after about 30 seconds, no one there. (sighs) She exhaled in relief and continued her stroll. Now, however, there were even more footfalls. She turned around to look behind her as she began to walk faster. No one there. There was a crunch of a foot on leaves in her right ear, a crunch in her left ear. She looked to each of her sides. There were two shadows now, one on either side of her, their heads facing down, looking at their feet. But this time they were only each about ten paces from her, keeping time with her. She began to run. Crunch, crunch, crunch everywhere around her. Now there were two shadows on either side of her. Who's there? she cried. 
no answer, but more crunch, 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 and she looked behind her, three behind her, seven in total, then eight, then nine, then ten. She quickly sprinted, turning wildly as she ran, left, right, right, left, straight, reverse, left, left, not caring that she was losing her straight line and therefore her way home. Help, she cried out, someone help me. Who would help her? Who would hear her? What will I do? What should I do? She repeated the phrases frantically to herself. What will I do? What should I do? And then she stopped. What do I want to do? She took a breath and looked at her surroundings. The trees were so thick that she could no longer see the sky. The trees were so empty that their branches looked like gnarled hands reaching to her, pleading for something. But they were beautiful. This place was beautiful. The moonlight that crept between the thickness of the trees was bright and silver and seemed to illuminate the dew on the trees, as though they were decked in diamonds and silver themselves. The forest was quiet and still, but for the sound of a peaceful ravine somewhere that she could not see. The light of the moon seemed to shift as if the trees parted enough to allow more light into her view. And she saw ahead of her a small cottage, ancient-looking but lovely. She had never been here before. She was far from the village, very, very far so far that she was not sure even that anyone from town would ever be able to find her. In fact, she doubted she could find this place ever again if she left. She felt as though this could not possibly be her town, her city, her country, possibly not even her world. It must be a dream, she thought. But then... The fear returned to her, and she slowly turned around. She had prepared herself to see a crowd of the shadow men as the pattern she experienced in her flight might imply. She expected to be surrounded by a community of wraiths, ghosts, ghouls, or worse. Men, hunters, soldiers, bandits. She was ready. But she only saw one. He stood still, head still bowed as if looking at his feet. She noted that he slowly, laboriously took one deep breath and released it in a sigh. She didn't know why, but she found her feet moving towards him slowly, almost of their own volition. And as she did, she was aware of voices surrounding her. Her eyes kept trained on the hunched, sad figure, though she was sure if she turned her head she would see these ghosts that were warning her, Don't! Beware. Stop. Please. She stopped in her tracks and whispered to them, I am not afraid. She kept walking towards him. Not even four feet from him, a ray of moonlight was allowed in by the possessed trees of this forest, and it shone on his face. He was young. Was. Once perhaps as young as she. He was handsome once, too, but for the texture of dead leaves that his brown skin seemed to be made of. 
A crack ran down his face diagonally as though he were made of porcelain and had been carelessly dropped, and she could just barely see that the crack revealed only empty blackness underneath. His eyes were once green, she could tell, but now they were completely black. His hair was clearly once auburn as the autumn leaves, but was now almost completely gray. It was covered in dust, and small sprigs and leaves were intertwined in it. His eyes looked down at her face with a pained expression. His hands clenched, then relaxed, then clenched at his sides. His fingers were long, and his hands were bony, his nails as black as his eyes, and much, much longer than they ought to have been. He was naked, but for what seemed to be a loose sheet wrapped around his waist. Who knew what the sheet had once been, but now it was rotting away and threaded with leaves and vines. He turned his head slowly at an angle as he stared deeply and sadly into her eyes. I'm sorry, he whispered. She shook her head. I thought you were trying to hurt me. He sighed again, but it was the most plaintive, terrible, heart-wrenching sound she had ever heard. No. Never. Never. She smiled, and despite herself, her eyes welled up with tears at the sight of this poor thing. But, he said, you can never leave these woods. Suddenly his shadows reappeared. His unique silhouette all the more clear the closer she was to them, too. The hunched shoulders, the long fingers, the thin yet broad frame. Her eyes widened and she didn't see the shadow behind her that pushed her into him as the original that stood directly in front of her wrapped his long arms around her, completely engulfing her small frame. One of his long black nails dug into the back of her neck. She cried out, not in pain, but shock, as he dragged it down the length of her spine, opening her up. The shadows surrounded her and whirled in as they entered through the wound, and her eyes, once a warm, inviting brown, grew completely black, and a crack split across her once pretty, now striking face. I will stay with you, she whispered. I should let you go, he answered. I want to stay with you, she asserted. The cottage could never be found by mortal eyes. I came upon it on a walk of my own once, one evening. I met this elf queen and her lover. They were still sad, but they were sad and together their shadows walking on and on and on, the one's hand holding the other's tight, their shadows wandering. I wonder if they are still wandering. I wonder if they are still together. I'm certain that they are. Did I really see what I saw the other night? Am I possibly not as alone as I thought I was? If you are with me, am I alone?
Hey guys, thanks so much for coming and visiting again and listening to episode two of On a Dark Cold Night. I've been having a lot of fun so far, um, and I have a few housekeeping announcements to make. Uh, first of all, I've got a Patreon page up, yay! So, um, I only have one donation tier because, I, I mean, I would do this anyway, I'm not doing this for money or donations, um, but of course, if you felt like supporting the podcast, if you enjoyed it, uh, feel free to visit my page at www.patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. And uh, yeah, you're welcome to donate as much as you like or become a patron of the show. Um, you can get your own RSS feed for your own listening pleasure. Uh, you'll have access to my patron-only feed. I mean, again, I'm not really looking to make this a big uh, donation thing, but um, feel free to have a look around. You can follow me on Twitter at a dark cold night. I'm sure you've found this podcast somewhere because you're listening to it right now. You can listen to it at uh, my website, www.kristinzaza.com slash podcast. Yeah, feel free to like it, make a comment, tweet me, let me know what you want to hear. If you have any um, requests as per a kind of story or a song I can incorporate or a character, absolutely. And uh, please share the word if you enjoy this podcast or you know someone who would enjoy it. Uh, I would absolutely love to gain a bit more of a following with this guy. Uh, thank you so, so much again. This this episode was uh, yeah a little more romantic, a little more personal, and a bit longer. So I'm really looking forward to doing some more. You can also follow me on Instagram at Kristen underscore Zaza. I'm going to be posting about this show. So if uh, you want to know anything about it, just let me know. I'm thinking about starting an Instagram page for this podcast but i'm not entirely sure yet you know social media reaching out communication all that stuff that our narrator is so obsessed with i'm trying to do it well (laughs) so thanks so much and uh, sweet dreams guys bye